Oh, did you hear me shit myself? <laughs> I thought you burped for a second. <laughs> Is that Gojo? Oh shit. <laughs> you want to see my domain expansion? <laughs> Did you like waking uh, up okay. to that dick? <laughs> Dude, I literally like <laughs> my little eyes open. I was like, oh, that's a full two fucking snake dick together. Yeah, it was fucking. I saw that and I was like, oh shit, he does have dick attachments. I gotta show her. That's I don't know really how good. I fucking found that, but I was like, let me send this to her and let her wake up to this. Hell yeah, bro. I'm fucking tired. I didn't get any sleep last night because we didn't get back. Got to the concert. Oh yeah, how was the concert? The concert was a lot of fun. I was fucking drunk. I was just like, <laughs> Don was like, <laughs> thank God we were like up at the tops. So like nobody was behind us and like nobody was sitting next to us. I mean, there were people in front of us, but like I was all drunk and I was just like fucking yelling and shit. And John was just like, you don't even know any of the songs. And I was like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> just like fucking yelling and shit it was a lot of fun um it was fucking long it was like six hours but um, jesus christ no wonder you got shit based but it was fun so i got back today and then i fucking knocked the fuck out i was so fucking tired so metal metal baby Hell that's yeah, the price bro. you pay for metal i saw some fucking old titties yesterday too <gasps> no you did not yeah. they flashed their titties yeah fucking tommy lee comes out and he's all <laughs> we're in milwaukee right and everybody's all like yeah and he's like don't let me go to the next city and tell them that i haven't seen one pair of tits here and this guy lifts up his shirt and like he's like i only one set of tits and it's a guy's tits he's like fuck it i'll be gay i don't give a fuck and then like women start like flashing their tits and they put it up on the fucking big screen this woman had like baby bottle tits, fucking dude. nipples oh yeah from up in the fucking <laughs> who's gonna see the people in front of me know they God were really and weird. Tommy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it was fucking. I was like, e. He goes, I don't care if they're old and saggy. Just nobody's flashing their tits. I was like, I was like, show yeah, us your bro, tits. This isn't the fucking eighties anymore. Yeah. What the fuck, bro? You're like, you're like fucking eighty. No one wants to show you their fucking tits. I don't yeah, like Motley Crew. Hot, hot take. I don't fucking like Motley Crew. Oh, okay. I mean, and poison. That guy is so humble, though. He was so humble. Def Leppard put on a really good show, though. I bet Def Leppard was good, and I bet Joan Jett was good. I'd go see that. She was good. She was really good. good. I felt really bad because she was the opener. They put on a good production, but John even said it too that he was slightly disappointed because they were supposed to play for like two hours. They, I don't even think they made it to the hour and a half mark, and they played like. They didn't even play like a lot of their hits and they had like three bitches up there dancing. Like, I know that that's their thing, but yeah. like, I'm not trying to see strippers. I mean, whatever. That's the f- fan base, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Like, they're old whores, but I'm like, yeah, you're fucking old and you're having these fucking 20 year olds come out here and da- like, it was just yeah. weird to me. I don't know. It's like, you're not, 
because yeah, Tommy Lee still gets young pussy. That's just like a fact. Yuck. Well, he just spread that hepatitis everywhere. <laughs> Do you remember Brittany Furlan from like Vine and shit? I don't know. If you look look up a picture of her, I'm pretty sure you fucking recognize her. That's who he's been consecutively fucking. Oh. Hmm. But she's gotten like a hell of plastic surgery. She looks different. Yeah. That's at the yeah. That's big yuck, my guy. They're big cringe. They do like podcasts together and shit. It's big fucking weird. Yeah, who does fucking podcasts anymore? Fucking <laughs> yeah, who the fuck podcasts? Fucking idiots. Nobody cares anymore. I really hope that they can't hear me upstairs. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, he's definitely getting this pussy tonight. <laughs> and she's like <laughs> crying behind the door. <laughs> <laughs> God is watching. <laughs> yeah, God's a freak. Yeah, you think Jesus was a secret freak? Oh, 100%. God <laughs> definitely was. He definitely was like, all right, Mary, spread them, bitch. <laughs> he said, I-, I already got your consent. When I-, <laughs> when I put you on this earth, everybody gave me their consent. <laughs> I can fucking come in whoever I want to. Scary. Well, speaking of rape, should we hop in the book? Oh my God. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome. Good Lord. This was a fucking mess. Let me tell you. This is um, not what I was expecting out of this book for sure. Me either. I was like- could once i started reading it though i could tell it was going that way Mm -hmm. i have some thoughts i'm very pissed let me just say that yeah dude justice for robbie justice for robbie justice for the turnip the turnip his last name's turner oh never mind it's not funny never mind (laughs) (laughs) yikes (laughs) (laughs) that was the podcast jk jk yes so we took a week off some we had some family issues that we needed to take care of Mm -hmm. ashley needed a break she got too much going on in her life (laughs) but we are back all right so we started out chapter nine for this Mm -hmm. next section Ugh, I'm just like I was just pissed the entire fucking time, dude. Mid book I mean, is getting juicy. It sure fuck it is. First first few chapters, I was like, mm, I'm not into this, but it's getting <laughs> juicy. <laughs> juicy. Oh, I found petals on the wind at this bookstore we went to Milwaukee yesterday for five bucks, and it was like the hardcover. Oh of the shit! I was like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna fucking read this shit. And the part, the first line of the summary was. Um, the kids getting it's a book about the kids getting their revenge so i'm fucking dude oh my god my mother i fucking so we went to that funeral saturday Mm -hmm. and then we went to go eat jason's deli and she was like i finished flowers in the attic like because she was reading it along and i was like okay and she was like i didn't like it I was like, why? <laughs> she was like, because like the movie, like have you never seen the movie, but the movie, they get instant revenge at the end. Like this shit, you don't even get what you want at the end. 
I'm like, yeah, because there's like other books that you're supposed yeah. to read. She's like, no, I don't like it. I want instant revenge, like the movie. What are you, a millennial? You need instant gratification. <laughs> I don't think she's seen the newer version. She's seen the old. Oh, one. okay, okay. Here's the other half. Damn, y'all, y'all ball up down there. Tell me if Annabelle oh. moves in the background. Hate it. You're gonna make me fucking stare at that the whole time. I do that. Thank you. I love how there's an American flag and an Italian flag right next to each other. I love that so much. Oh yeah, brother. Chattahoochee lives on. Let me see. Is there something over there? Ah, what is that? <laughs> what is that? It's a statue of something. <laughs> I hate it. <clears throat> this is where I live. Who the fuck collects creepy ass shit like that? <clears throat> well, it's not creepy to people who had been collecting it since they were kids. It's fucking creepy. It's <laughs> fucking creepy. You just don't like dolls. That's the thing. I fucking hate dolls. They gross me <laughs> out. Oh my God. We've been playing Dead by Fucking Daylight. Mm. And Andre keeps being the ring girl. I literally peed my pants the other day. Oh my God. I, I was like screaming so hard because I was fixing a gen. And like all you, there's TVs all around the fucking map, TVs everywhere. And all you see is like, I, cause he can like look through all the TVs. So all you see is like eyeballs and then he just pops out. That fucking screamed. I keep That's screaming. That's fucking scary. Can, can I play on the switch with y'all? Cause I have it on the switch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's cross. <clears throat> Sweet. But, okay <laughs> back to chapter the book nine so we begin the chapter with cecilia like freaking out about her appearance she like is getting dressed for this dinner she goes mm-hmm. to look in the mirror she's dissatisfied she goes back to change first she's wearing this black dress that she says makes her look strong and invulnerable she's a strong independent woman don't need no man mm-hmm. <laughs> And so she's like, okay, I'm gonna wear this. I'm gonna put on a jet black necklace. I'm gonna look fire. Before she leaves, she looks in the mirror again and she's like, it looks like I'm going to a funeral. She's like, fuck that. So she's like, I wanna look like I don't care about the situation that's going on right now. So then she goes back, she's looking in her closet and she's like seeing all these dresses that she's basically like translating into her life. She sees like a flapper dress from when she was a teenager. And then as she goes on, she's seeing like her wardrobe become more adult with like shoulder pads and like hemlines and shit. And then she's like, okay, well, there's a silk pink dress. So I'm going to wear that and like a pearl necklace to kind of girl it up or whatever. And she <clears throat> changes her makeup and reapplies her perfume. She does like fucking a million times. She probably smells like a fucking mm. beast she like a what like a macy's oh. <laughs> i said a racist i was like what she smells like a fucking racist that fucking she bitch. smells like a karen for sure I can <laughs> cigarettes and perfume hell yeah bro. <laughs> redneck karen <laughs> so she looks in the fucking mirror again and she's like well i saw what's his name hardman or whatever the handyman mm-hmm. she's like i saw him changing the light bulb so that's probably why i can't decide on an outfit because like i look okay. like a fucking child and <laughs> so she's like 
she's never had this much trouble with a mirror before but it's obviously just her like not being comfortable with whatever she's fucking wearing Mm -hmm. so she says she looks too innocent and then she finally goes back and picks the dress that she was originally going to wear but she thought it was too elegant or whatever for Mm -hmm the um, dinner but she's like you know what it's the only one that I like I bought it for finals it's this green backless dress she's like I'm gonna put that on she gets ready again reapplies fucking perfume again and then as she's finishing she steps out the door and like Jackson is there with like a raised fist like he was about to knock on the door and she like doesn't realize he's there so she freaks out she's like kind of screams a little and the poor kid is just like holding a sock and she's like oh what's the matter like what's going on Mm. and he like points to his brother down the hall who also only has one sock and he's like Betty will he's like I was gonna ask Betty she's gonna smack us if we go downstairs without any socks on um and they only have one pair of socks so like apparently their mom was like she said trying to get that dick yeah she didn't fucking give a shit she was like all right Mm -hmm. here i'm gonna throw this in there all their other socks are in the wash so she only had one extra pair of socks so she walks with them to their room and she's like this room's a fucking mess obviously nobody's been watching over them and she kind of feels bad and she asked them like how come you didn't ask lola to help you and they're like oh well she she's not talking to us right now because she hates us (laughs) (laughs) which is so sad and she says that like to conceal her guilt of like basically not taking care of these kids she says that she's gonna help them clean up and try to find something for them to wear so she's trying to make small conversation with them and they're just like saying like you know we prefer to go home like they don't want to be here and she's like that makes sense because they're basically trying to start this new life like in a stranger's home even though they're family they're fucking strangers and she's like I'm sorry but your parents are away and she's sorry that they're being neglected but Jackson kind of breaks off and he's like well we also wanted to be in the play but then Briny stormed off and never came back (laughs) and she's like okay well we're not going to be sad anymore she's like I get it we're not going to do it it's sad about the play sorry but there's nothing that can be done so let me go see if I can find you some socks yeah and so she goes to Bryony's room to find some find them some socks and they're like little ankle length socks with like red and green strawberries around the cuff not the strawberries (laughs) (laughs) and she's like oh god they're not gonna fucking want to wear these but like somebody has to wear them but she takes them back and they're like fighting over who gets to wear those fucking socks which is cute and mm-hmm. so she's like all right well i'll go get them another fucking pair of socks from Bryony's room and so she gets them ready they both have on brandy socks and they go downstairs so she starts thinking about how like the night is going to fall into her responsibility because her mom's always like got a migraine and cecilia is always taking care of everything and so she's reluctant to go downstairs but she's like i don't i know i don't have a choice and she starts thinking about how she needs to like an adventure like she needs a new a new life because she wants to break out from the old family roles so she she goes downstairs she walks into the kitchen and like everybody's just like staring down at the table (laughs) like it turns out (laughs) emily is like freaking out because they're having roasted potatoes but she's like i wanted a salad and she's like yelling at people and like freaking Mm -hmm. out and she's like, it's too fucking hot to have roast. Da, da, da. Like, so Celia takes her mom aside and she's like, 
we're having a roast because Leon wants a roast and we can still have a salad, but somebody has to just go get some lettuce from the garden and beets and shit. Mm -hmm. So she calms her down and then her mom leaves to go find Briny and um, Cecilia goes to go see Leon and they're having a little conversation and they talk about how Leon basically always has something good to say about his life or about anybody that's in his life. He never says that anybody's a bad egg. I don't know if that's because he's just like trying to be optimistic or if he's like, I don't know, like, I think it's a facade. Like he's trying to pretend that everything's great. And he's this like big party guy, but something else is going on with him. Yeah. Cause he's like talking about work and the girls in his life and da da da. And he's gay. Oh oh, God. What if he is gay? Calling it here first. That's why he (laughs) only hangs out with like rich men. He's fucking gay. Oh shit. Tell you what, you don't want to be with Paul Marshall. <clears throat> no <laughs> aka um, harvey weinstein oh god fucking yuck dude big yuck <laughs> so they're talking and she's saying that she has like a desperation in her tone but leon doesn't pick up on it um about like her wanting to leave and how she's desperate to leave but she doesn't want to say anything and i think maybe leon did pick up on it because he's not stupid but he just didn't like say anything so he's like you're a fucking adult like you can fucking figure it out on your own mm-hmm. i'm offering you to come stay with me i'm offering you jobs but like i'm not gonna fucking you want force it. you yeah yeah so then bryony comes out and she calls out to them so they start walking in and then she's just like you know, I tell him that I'm, I'd love to go visit him, but you know, I probably actually won't do it. And Bryony sees Cecilia and she gives her the note and then she goes to go, the note that Robbie gave her to give to her. Mm-hmm. We and, all know what that note said. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, she, so Bryony's like ignoring her after she gives her the note and she goes to go see Leon. And as Cecilia is reading it, she's like, Oh, where's the fucking envelope? Like, there's no envelope with this. So Bryony probably read this note. <laughs> she already fucking knows. She's like, oh, I know. She mm-hmm. fucking read this shit. And then after she's done reading it, Paul Marshall's stupid ass comes out with a drink and he's like, you shouldn't really try it. Like, mm. fuck you, fuck. It's like some drink with fucking chocolate in it because he's fucking garbage. Yeah, it's like, we get it. You have a chocolate factory. Like, yeah. you're not fucking really walking away. You put chocolate in everything. Yeah. You fucking, he's, pro- he's, he's Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka. That's what he is. Yeah, like creepy, real oh, yeah. vibes. And that's the end of chapter nine. Okay. So we go into chapter 10. Bryony um, expresses her guilt for tearing open the envelope and reading the letter before she gave it to Cecilia, <laughs> but explains that it was essential for her to know. Of because of course, of course it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. She uses other people's lives and worldly <laughs> experiences as an excuse that it broadens her writing style. So she like tells herself it's okay because she needs to know for future writing experiences. So in a sense, it kind of does broaden her writing style because she's learning that there's more to life than what she previously had thought. Mm-hmm. But I think that it'll end up biting her in the ass later. A hundred percent. Bryony explains that although she was delighted to see her brother, she did ham it up a bit to avoid Cecilia's questioning about the letter. And she used her mother's excuse of her needing to go clean up as a way to not have to acknowledge Cecilia at all. Mm-hmm. So she now sees Robbie as a monster. 
she's like, I can guess what this word means. And <laughs> I think he's like a sexual deviant. He's a monster. Um, and she takes into account what she saw at the fountain with him and Cecilia. Instead of her romanticizing it as she did previously, she now sees Robbie as a threat to like poor defenseless Cecilia. Um, so defenseless. I'm a 13 year old. I'm going to save her. So she says that although she's never heard of the word, she can use the context of his letter to know exactly what body part he's referring to and states that she knows this word was invented by a man based on how crude it is. She's not wrong. <laughs> she says that she shamelessly read the letter once she got into the estate in the middle of the entrance hall knowing that she could be spotted and once she read everything she says that she immediately knew that Robbie who she thought she knew from her childhood threatened her household and she had to be her sister's protector from this evil man which like she's fucking 23 like you she can fucking take care of her own Mm -hmm. shit and like when Cecilia read it, she was kind of like, oh, I realized what was missing. Like she was all into <laughs> it. Yeah. So she makes a mention that she'll have to handle this delicately. So that way Cecilia won't turn on her again. What do you think she's referencing? Because she's like, I know from experience she'll turn on me. Maybe we'll find out. So the author gives a description about Bryony's room, kind of like he did in the beginning. But I think this is supposed to make us realize how childish she still is. Mm-hmm. And although Bryony is writing about the complexities of love and death, she still in her reality is only a little girl that has like a toy farm and like little farm animals and dolls and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So she decides she's going to use this opportunity to use the new life information to write something, but cannot think of anything other than anything that sounds like like a nursery tale mm-hmm. i forgot what she said like the woman ate a fly in or some sh- bullshit the woman in the shoe no doesn't she something i thought it was something about a fly oh i don't fucking know probably because then i was thinking of lord of the flies for some reason oh so yeah so i i was thinking like the reason that she only like thinks of like the juvenile nursery tale intro when she starts writing is because although she's learning what these are she doesn't know she doesn't understand how that might might apply to like experiences yeah as a writer to make it sound believable so when she's debating that her writing is sounding more like a diary entry lola is at the entryway and asks to come in and she's kind of upset and before Bryony can say anything, she just comes right in and sits on her bed and starts crying. Mm-hmm. Bryony takes note that Lola actually looks more human and relatable now that she's struggling. And Bryony wants to do her best to make her feel better. Lola starts explaining that she hates, or that the twins hate her. And tonight they have physically attacked her and scratched up her wrists with Chinese burns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, damn, damn Chinese always fucking burning you. You think that's like our equivalent of like when we said Indian burns? It probably, yeah. But, you know, they're in England, so they don't know what Indians are or what we refer to as Indians. Right. So Bryony genuinely felt bad for Lola 
And she said, they don't hate you. But Lola goes on to explain that the twins think that she is the reason they can't go home instead of them knowing the truth about where their parents are. Bryony says that she can see how one could love Lola. I guess because Lola is being vulnerable. So now she's actually like seeing her. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that was a weird sentence because it's kind of like, oh yeah, like I can see how she could be deserving of love. <laughs> like I could see how someone could love her. That's cool. Like nobody's deserving of love unless they're going through mm-hmm. some shit. Like no shit. Okay. So Bryony starts to assess the things in Lola's life that would cause her distress, like the twins and her parents, and that their estate is also being affected in the war. I guess it's like boarded up during the war and she doesn't know if it'll ever open up again. So they might not ever be able to go home. Yeah. Or it was bombed. Yeah. And I think Bryony finally realizes that Lola's bitterness is not just surface level bitchiness, but instead it's coming from a place of depression and defensiveness about the things happening in her life. Yeah. But I still don't trust that bitch. Hell fucking no. So Bryony wants to get Lola out of her slump and looking less melancholy before dinner and before anyone can see her puffy red eyes and like she looks not acceptable for dinner. So she starts to change the subject and tell her about Robbie's letter to Cecilia. Oh, excuse me. This immediately perks Lola right up and Lola calls Robbie a maniac. Bryony collects this word for future use because she she says how medical and elegant it is now that she has a proper diagnosis for Robbie (laughs) like oh okay I didn't know you were a fucking doctor and she said she like starts to like think about all the past events and she's like oh yeah definitely he's a maniac like I can see it now so Lola then proceeds to say that they should probably notify the authorities because he's such an evil guy and show them the letter Bryony freaks and is like I don't think that's a good idea and I don't think Cecilia would go for that but Lola kind of brushes her off and she's like okay well I'll go down to dinner already and I'll tell them that you'll be down in a bit because she now she has this new information she's like not worried about her life yeah so Bryony starts to think about how easier everything is when her father is actually home because he's the one that steers the conversations and takes control of the moods of the guests. Um, but he's not there. So Bryony feels like all of the drama and everything that's happening would never happen if her father was there. And she's kind of envious of his freedom. Yeah. She's like, I wrapped myself up in this situation, but if my father was here, I wouldn't have to worry about it. So Bryony creates a plan before she heads out that she'll just speak to the twins and Mr. Marshall and no one else will bother her. And she can just kind of hide in them. As she is heading downstairs, she hears the twins in the drawing room. I thought they were spelling out the word. I thought Lola had told the twins and they were spelling out the word because they're like, no, there's a U in it. And I was like, oh, Oh. okay. But I mean, we find out later what they were spelling. So I went like on a whole rant. I was like, this fucking snake Lola fucking went and ran and told the twins. They don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> but as Bryony's heading downstairs, she starts looking at her father's library. And she again, because she's still in kind of like in that state of like missing him, missing him being home. 
mm-hmm. she kind of hears something behind the library doors and she's like nobody goes in there you know only my father mm-hmm. she decides that she's gonna go in and she sees a dimly lit lamp and in the very corner she sees two dark shadows and she's trying to make out who it is or what it is and she gets closer and she notices that it's Robbie and Cecilia and Robbie's kind of hovering over Cecilia in the corner Bryony makes notice that their clothes are ruffled and that Cecilia is immediately like fixing her clothes Bryony doesn't have any knowledge yeah right of like sexuality So she's like, oh my God, Robbie's attacking her. Like he's attacking her. Yeah. And so when she thinks, when Cecilia is heading towards her, towards the door, she thinks Cecilia is going to like, thank her. Like, thank you so much for saving me. But instead Cecilia just walks right past her. Doesn't say a word. Doesn't look at her. Fucking takes off. And Robbie. What? She's got like such a fucking narcissistic view. She's got such a fucking air of self-importance like she's the only one that can help anybody and Mm -hmm. she's the only one that knows what's going on and it's like you're fucking 13 for god's sake like you don't fucking know know shit shit. exactly so she starts like when cecilia walks past her she starts getting pissed off like she feels like she saved her but then she's also like channeling her anger towards robbie Mm -hmm. and robbie will not look her in the eye and that is the end of chapter 12 (laughs) i mean chapter 10 crazy fucking chapter dude i was like oh shit they fucking i know i was like oh my god they getting it shit (laughs) okay so chapter 11 (laughs) we're back at the dinner cecilia has this drink that paul marshall gave her and she's saying that it's it's she's like it's not refreshing it's suffocating and like like, yeah she's like everybody wanted fucking water but because we're all adults we have to have like fucking room temperature dessert wine yeah that doesn't sound good at all so they go into the dining room table emily starts putting people in like their specific places where they're gonna sit and briny says that robbie is like gripping the back of his chair for support that guy probably has the fucking hardest balls ever he's just like gripping on these motherfuckers so they sit down and it's silent as everybody's sitting down and they're waiting for Betty to serve everyone. So, of course, a few minutes later, Paul Marshall has to fucking say something. And he, like, leans back to, like, talk to Robbie. And he's like, are we still going to be on for a tennis tomorrow? And, like, Robbie's like, it's fucking impolite. Like, he's thinking, like, it's impolite to, like, have a private conversation when everybody's been fucking silent and nobody mm-hmm. said anything to Emily, like, the host. And so he says something like, kind of like, he's just like, whatever. And then he tries to like guide the conversation to somebody else to like include everybody in the conversation. And so he says something to like Perot is what, did, what, did, how do you say it again? Per- yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Piero. Okay. Pier- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Piero. I remember now. <laughs> Piero. <laughs> He says something to like Piero and Bryony like, like cuts in and she's like, you don't have to answer that. And she kind of like forcefully whispers to Robbie, like, mm-hmm. like leave him alone. It's just like, okay. It was just like about the weather. I think he yeah. like, said something about the weather and she was like, mm, you don't have to like, answer that. You don't have to answer that. Like, okay, calm down. True, and like the mom bitch. is like, 
bitch that's fucking rude mm-hmm. and she's like apologize to him and she fucking does which is surprising so Leon gets up and he starts pouring everybody's wine. He starts making small talk about how the weather, da, da, da. And Emily, the mom, is just like, oh, the hot weather just encourages loose morals among young people. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't that even know, That it does, bitch. Emily. That it does. <laughs> and so Leon takes her saying this and looks at Cecilia and is like, well, what do you think? Like, have you behaved even worse than usual today? <laughs> like, kind of goading her on. Like, he doesn't know what happened, but he's yeah. like, kind of. And so she like blushes because of what just happened in the library. And mm-hmm. so he's like, oh shit, I'm like right on this. And she was just like, well, I'm behaving badly because <laughs> um, I had to convince mom that you wanted a, ro- a roast and you're eating fucking salad anyway. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that was her excuse as to why she was blushing. Right. So then Leon talks to Bryony like, and kind of playfully, um asked her like if she's been bad because of the weather or whatever and Robbie freaks out thinking that she's gonna blurt out what she just saw in the library Mm -hmm. but she doesn't so they go along and Robbie's just kind of like obsessing that Cecilia is next to him and Mm -hmm. like how he can see her bare shoulder and he's like I wonder if she can feel my breath on her skin and because he didn't get to nut bro he's got mm -hmm. blue balls like a motherfucker and he's just like thinking about like when he's going to be later, he's going to be alone with her later that night and how they're going to like what they're going to do to start again. And he's just like fucking obsessing over this. And so what ended up happening was whenever he gave, after he gave Brian the letter, he contemplated like going home and being like, fuck, like, I don't know how to do this. And like, I'm going to be a fucking coward, but it's just going to prolong. Like, I'm going to have to see her and talk to her eventually. So he ended up going inside. He was thinking like, I'm going to have to go inside and just like explain the letter to her. Like it was the wrong letter. Da, da, da. He makes himself push the doorbell and Cecilia is the one that answers mm-hmm. and they kind of just stare at each other like in silence for a bit so like he knows she read the letter mm-hmm. and when he sees her he's just like thinking about like gosh she looks so beautiful and he's like you know she looks like pissed she's so beautiful and then they hear Leon and Paul kind of coming up the stairs or whatever and so she takes him into the library <laughs> and he tells her he's like I didn't mean to send you that letter. It was the wrong version of, of my letter. I put the wrong one in the envelope. And she's like, well, Bryony read it. And he's just like, mm-hmm. I'm so fucking sorry. Like, I didn't realize that. But while he's apologizing, she keeps like moving deeper into the library, like mm-hmm. into a dark corner. Like she's stepping backwards and he's like, she's obviously moving away from me, but something kept compelling him to move closer to her. And he finally realizes that she's like drawing him in on purpose and she's finally in the corner and he just like stops like four feet away. And he's just like, she's, she looks like she's tearful and she, she doesn't know what to say. And she's like trying to get herself together. And then she's just like blurts out of nowhere. She's like, it's been there for weeks. And he's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you talking about? What's been there? <laughs> that fucking letter. And she's like, and she just like goes on and she's like talking about how she's saying things differently and how she's been mad at him all day, but she's also been mad at herself for like what happened at the fountain. And 
she's she's saying like it's kind of like a convenient way for her to not like think about it and robbie's like what the fuck is it and she's just saying that she's been acting stupid because she didn't realize it and asks if he knows what she's talking about and i was like does does he mean that like does does that mean is she trying to say that she loves him like is that what it is (laughs) but he's like i do know what she's talking about and he's just like but why are you crying and so he kind of moves in while she's like kind of tearful and he kisses her or he moves to kiss her and he like (laughs) is kind of reluctant because he doesn't know if she's gonna accept it or smack the shit out of him Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he gives her a little peck and they stop and he doesn't see like any resistance so he wraps his arms around her and then he kisses her some more and then she makes Mm. like a little moaning sound while they're kissing and he says that that was the sound of transformation that's when everything just fucking changed for them and so after that she's like pulling out his clothes she's biting him he's kissing her throat she pulled his fucking hair she oh god i gotta watch this movie i gotta watch this movie and then she fucking grabs his fucking head and just shoves it down against her fucking tits and he's like sucking on her nipples and she's like fucking smothering him in her fucking breast my bitch (laughs) and she's thinking about this like she's a virgin but like Mm -hmm. i think that he's had sex a couple of times how do we know she's a virgin i thought she said that she was like this was like new for her like this was a new feeling this was new i don't recall because she seems pretty fucking experienced she's like yeah suck on these titties that's true but maybe i don't know because i feel like everybody's first time they kind of know what they want to try to do that's and so like she could just like fucking fucking tits fucking bitch and so he starts thinking like oh, fuck like maybe i can fuck her standing up <laughs> and that's what they mm-hmm. do <laughs> and while they're trying to get into position she like fucking lifts up her dress and lifts up her knee to kind of get into this better position for him they stop for a moment and they're just like staring at each other and robbie's thinking like they're we're not actually strangers anymore and like i've like i'm looking at someone that i've known for forever but i'm looking at them for the first time and then that's when they tell each other that they like i love you (laughs) and so they start fucking against the library shelves and he's basically just like trying not to come because he doesn't want to like come so fast Mm -hmm. and (laughs) he's trying to like think of things to like (laughs) he's like thinking of spiders and shit to like stop himself kill his boner yeah (laughs) And then, but she starts like whispering in his ear and he's thinking she's saying, or this is what I got of it. He's thinking that she's saying that she's going to come with him. Yeah. They were getting to that, but she's actually saying someone's come in. And of course it's fucking briny that's come in. So he's like thinking about this at dinner (laughs) and he's pissed. He's like annoyed. And he's like thinking that he like kind of hates Briny. Like, yeah, he's like, I've never hated a child or a person before. <laughs> like, he doesn't personally hate her, but he's just like so fucking like, <gasps> like it's that course. primal like instinct. Like, I didn't yeah. get my nut. Yeah. <laughs> and while this is happening, the boys are just like, can we be excused? Like, they don't want to be there. And so the mom was like, of course, like, go ahead. And 
Bryony notices that they're wearing her fucking strawberry socks and she's freaking out like you took them from my drawer and Cecilia is like she's obviously frustrated too because she fucking was getting fucked and she's just like oh like she's basically like shut the fuck up you dramatic little prima donna like I fucking took them Mm -hmm. out because they didn't have clean socks like this isn't all about you like fucking calm down and she's pissed because she's the one that fucking yep and so the mom is just like, you can leave. And she looks at Cecilia and she's like, don't talk to your sister that way. And um, Cecilia is like, she's been fucking dramatic all day. And Bryony's mm-hmm. just like, well, coming from you, that's surprising like that you have to say that. You're, basically, you're always fucking dramatic. And Robbie tries to dissipate the argument. So she does. So Bryony doesn't like spill the beans about what about his letter and what what she saw and then he turns to lola and he's like you know oh like i think your brothers are really nice and then Bryony like hops back in all pissed off and she's just like telling them that they're basically little assholes for scratching her and for giving her those burns like on her fucking wrist mm-hmm. and everyone looks at lola and paul pipes up and he's all like oh yeah I saw it myself like they were on top of her and I had to break it up and like all of a sudden the mom is like concerned like about what's going on and like at this point I'm like it's not the fucking brothers it was fucking Paul Marshall who fucking gave her those bruises and the fucking well didn't Robbie like make mention of that like when he pulled in for his private conversation didn't he was like he's got like a scratch it's weird that he didn't bring that up like before like he waited until Lola said something to bring it up yeah to be like oh yeah I like I'm confirming that that's what Mm -hmm. that's what happened yeah and fucking did yeah and then fucking Paul goes on to tell her you know like it's okay because you're so brave but like you can be you can cry and be upset because you took a bad knock like Robbie I was was like Robbie is thinking the same thing like how come you didn't bring it up before if you were the one that broke it up wouldn't you think that's something you tell somebody like so then everybody just starts like freaking out and they're trying to get out cold compresses like put on her things and Bryony gets up and she sees that there's a letter from Jackson's seat that says like to everyone and Robbie's like well fuck like that's obviously the letter that I wrote they found it and Cecilia turns and gives Robbie like kind of a little look of like well there's nothing we can do about it like I can't really Mm -hmm. say anything and she takes off to kind of go help them with Lola and I was thinking when that happened that she was going to blow him off again and just be like, oh, like it was just a big mistake. Like we should have done what we did, but she doesn't seem to be in that. She's like, in love, baby. So that's the end of that chapter. Yeah. Wait. No. That's all the that's all the notes that I wrote. The twins note. Do I, did they read it in chapter eleven? I thought they read it in chapter twelve. No, because chapter twelve starts out with like Emily at the house. Yeah. Oh. It's in chapter eleven. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, what the fuck? That's like a whole thing in the, in the chapter. <laughs> You're like, nope. That, that, <laughs> no, that's fucking crazy. That's the end. It's like six pages. Where the fuck <laughs> <in>? <laughs> uh, oops, I forgot the most important part. <laughs> <laughs> the main part of the <laughs> So this fucking nope. <laughs> back at it let me get back to this fucking note oh damn 
I was just testing you. So this fucking note, man. <laughs> Got him. Uh, they fucking... <laughs> The, the twins are basically writing to everybody and they're just like, I'm so sorry, but we're fucking running away. <laughs> so we're fucking taking <laughs> off. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then they fucking, everybody realizes that they fucking took the fuck off, that they fucking left. They ran away. <laughs> yeah, okay. So like, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they're like, well, they could have gotten far. Like it's only been maybe like 10 minutes. And it's yeah. dark outside. So like, we need to go look for them now. So when they go yeah. outside, they decide that they're going to split into kind of like different, they're going to spread out on the property. Yeah. So Leon and Cecilia go together. Paul Marshall goes by himself. Mm-hmm. Bryony goes by herself. Lola's so by herself. And so does Robbie. So really it's just fucking Leon and Cecilia that are together. Yeah. So Robbie's then like, he was like the night, you know, like this was a big dramatic evening of the night, but I didn't know this night would like change my life forever. Yeah. And that's how that ends. Bitch, get it together. Boo-boo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I sent Victoria my notes for the letter because I wanted her to read it. She does a better job of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. What are you eating a cupcake? What is that? Taco Bell? <laughs> Dude, on my drive here. I was starving. I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't really have, I hardly eat dinner at my grandpa's because there's not really a lot for us to make. And mm-hmm. um, on the drive here, I saw Taco Bell. I was like, shit, I'm going to pull over Taco Bell. I was like, probably not going to eat for a while after I get there. So I bought a fucking party pack of tacos. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had three left. (laughs) You doing the damn thing. Okay. So. (laughs) Chapter 12. (laughs) This is how I knew that you fucking missed the thing. Because like my literal first note is like, as everyone went out to look for the twins. (laughs) Damn, where'd they go? That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So as everyone goes out to look for the twins, Emily stays behind at the house. Because she doesn't think that this is like a really serious, serious. matter. Yeah. yeah. So she uses the excuse that just in case they come back, she'll already be there to like greet them. Mm-hmm. She starts to think back about her childhood and about how Lola is becoming the spitting image of her mother and her theatrics. Um, she recalls a memory about when Hermione would make everything about herself so like Mm -hmm. even emily had cut her hand when she was a child and like blood was spraying all over the curtains and (sighs) because hermione had to witness the blood not that she got hurt but because she had to witness it and she was like screaming uncontrollably everybody went to console hermione and not emily (laughs) that's 100 percent lola too yeah but it's kind of ironic like when we finish the next few chapters it's kind of ironic that she thinks that Lola is that way when reality, like Briny, Briny. is the exact like example of that. Mm-hmm. So she's walking around the house. She's like, I know the servants are still like finishing their dinner. They don't even know what's going on. So she's just like walking through 
she smells like she goes in the drawing room she like smells all the chocolate fucking drinks that's all sticky and shit yeah she's like "Mm." so she like opens up the like the french windows and she starts letting the like cool night air start to come in because it's been so hot Mm -hmm. and she starts thinking about like well maybe i should call my husband let him know kind of what's going on but then she talks herself out of it and she's like there's no need to worry him with all of this. Like nothing's really going on anyway. Fuck so, husband, yeah. So as she's thinking of her husband, she starts <clears> to go <throat> in detail how he's never there, but she really doesn't miss his presence at all. She's just satisfied with hearing his voice on the phone. And she talks later about how it's kind of like nostalgic for her because they've been together so long that she just mm. likes She's comforted by the sound of his voice, not necessarily him being there. So she admits that she knows he consistently lies to her about why he's never home, but they have this kind of like unspoken agreement that she doesn't need to know because she's satisfied with her, the possessions Their in her life. And stuff, yeah. yeah, like her estate and her kids and her wealth, like she's content. But she does say this line that I liked. She says, quote, his deceit was a form of tribute to the importance of their marriage. Oh, because he was lying to her to, instead of just being like, yeah, I'm fucking cheating on you. But it's just like a foundation of their whole marriage. So fucking weird. Right? So she talks about how, although she didn't know exactly why he stayed in London all of those nights when he could come home, that when he was home, he would be exhausted and he would end up bringing his work home. So it wasn't like he was there anyway. Yeah. She talks about how one time when he was home, he was like passed out on the desk in the library and she went to like check on him and saw the paperwork spread out everywhere. And it referenced like casualties of the war and bomb attacks across the country. Now, I do have like a corrections little corner thing to make. In the first episode, I said that civil servants were lawyers (laughs) and they are not. (laughs) Let me see. A civil servant is someone who works for the crown. So like, it doesn't really like, I guess, I don't know exactly what he does, but it's someone who works for like the the government agency yeah yeah and a solicitor is is a lawyer in england yeah my bad bro my bad (laughs) do we fucking look like we're english no we broke off those motherfuckers in 1776 that's right so she decides that like she's gonna close the windows now that's enough airing out the house and she starts to look around the empty space because everyone's out and about looking for the twins. And she starts to think about how empty it is now that her children are grown and like leaving one by one. And she says that Bryony used to roam the halls, but she now realizes that her childhood's kind of coming close to an end. Because mm-hmm. she's 13. Yeah. And then she starts to think about like the dinner. And she's like, I don't know why she was acting that way. But, you know, like with Bryony, you can never tell. Wait, I need to go to the chapter because that's where I stopped my fucking note. (laughs) Oh, oh, is that right? (laughs) Hey, at least I'm not skipping a whole fucking chunk. (laughs) 
Oh, so then she talks about how, although Bryony was acting kind of strange at dinner, Robbie had a manic look in his eyes. Like she could tell something was different about him, but she couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was. She was yeah, and she was like, it kind of bordered the lines of like insanity. She talks about how when Jack wanted to uh, be financially responsible for Robbie, that she was opposed to it because she thought that it was kind of selfish um, to take away from her children's, her actual children's financial chances at a, a future. But they have she's more like, than enough money. Yeah. Well, then she's like, well, the girls like, you know, they don't really need an education anyway. So it's like, bitch. So why the fuck? Yeah. She starts thinking about Mr. Marshall and she has nothing bad to say about him. This is how I know, like the author's kind of setting it up. Like no one fucking knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, he's such a nice guy. And he's like making drinks and he's so like, like suitable. Yeah. Um, he makes money exactly but she talks about how he's not really attractive so that's like upsetting because you know you have to be attractive and rich to like fucking be worth anything exactly so she's just sitting there kind of like reminiscing about everything of the night and she notices that like 30 minutes have gone by and she still hasn't heard anything about the twins the phone starts ringing and she gets up and when she answers it, she's like, yeah, it's that same fucking nasally operator voice that I always have to hear. And it gets transferred to Mr. Tallis, who is like, oh, dear, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you I wasn't going to be able to make it to dinner. It's all fucking late. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I, I know you don't have to like tell me. And um, she starts kind of telling him they kind of well they kind of have like a back and forth right so she as soon as she hears his voice she's like oh I'm comforted like it's nostalgic whatever and he starts like kidding around with her and then she goes he was like well how was dinner and she's like oh you know it was okay um but like the twins like ran off and Mr. Talis is like oh those little scallywags like where did where did they end up being like where did you find them and Emily's like well we haven't like they haven't yeah. come back <laughs> she's like but don't worry like they will like yeah. you know they just ran off no for attention deal. yeah and he starts getting serious and he's like I'm gonna call the police now Emily like I, I need to notify the cops and she's like it's not necessary she's like they're they're doing it for attention they'll be home and he's like yeah he's like no I'm gonna I'm gonna call the cops I'll if I hear anything else I'll ring you back yeah and before they could hang up, she hears, wait. And when she turns around, it's Leon. And Leon's like, is that father on the phone? And she's like, is that daddy? Yeah, he did say daddy, which I thought was fucking weird. Because <laughs> he goes, is that you, daddy? <laughs> so he grabs the phone from his mom and he's like, yeah, I think things are actually a bit worse than we expected. So I'm going to need you to come home like right now. He's like, grab a train and get the fuck over here. Yeah. And at first I thought like, holy shit, the twins are dead. That's exactly what I thought too. Because they found them and they're fucking dead. Yeah. Cause then they say that Lola comes in and she's like sheet white. Like she's pale. She's upset. Bryony's trying to comfort her. 
I was like, holy fucking shit. And then I was like, well, where's Robbie and Paul Marshall? Because they're the only ones yeah. that hadn't returned. It was just Leon, Cecilia, um, Lola, and Briny that came back. So then Leon kind of takes charge and he's like, we're all going into the drawing room. Like, we're all going to sit here and talk. And he grabs his mother and he's like, come on, Emily. And he doesn't really <laughs> give her a chance to like ask any questions. He's just like, come on. Yeah, and that is the end of that chapter. It's fucking what a. It's where Wait shit s- kind of goes down. <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking at that point that they fucking found something, but like it turns out that that whole setup was like for nothing, really. Yeah, at least in my opinion, I don't know. <laughs> so, we start off this chapter with briny basically she's out looking for the twins and she's like trying to be all stealthy and shit and like Mm -hmm. not looking for robbie she's like trying to she's trying to avoid robbie and she's like thinking about how she's gonna find the twins and she's either gonna find them dead or fucking around and then she's like thinking about how she would describe that as a story and i must have been pissed because i was like she's so full of herself with this shit like i'm so (laughs) sick of it so she spends a good amount of time sneaking around while also describing Robbie as like sort of a maniac. So they're like obsessed with like maniac and insane and uh, as describing Robbie. Yeah. She says that he obviously hates her because she interrupted them in the library and that children generally hate like everybody. They hate everything. But to be hated by an adult was quote an initiation into a a solemn new world so it's something completely fucking different for her so like in her mind she's thinking that Robbie's ungrateful because their family basically helped him out his entire life and he basically repays them by calling her sister a cunt (laughs) and (laughs) he didn't call her a cunt he said let me see that cunt let me taste that cunt (laughs) But she's saying he fucking he's such a dick to my sister yeah so she's starting to liken him to like a villain somebody that nobody ever recognized as a villain he's always so happy-go-lucky and helpful and da 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 but like somewhere along the line in the story they it turns out this is this this is the part of the story where they get revealed as the villain it's like bitch this is not a fuck your world it's not a book yeah so she sees Leon and Cecilia and she's like, good, they're together. She thinks that Cecilia's telling Leon about her assault by Robbie. Oh and she's like, okay, good. They're going to handle it. I'm going to continue looking for the twins. She gets to the pool and she's like, she stops looking for the twins and she's like admiring the water and how still it is. And she's just like thinking about how she's an adult now because whatever had happened and she's like well the twins are obviously safe like they wouldn't have been able to make it if they went down this way it's too dark to see if they went down that way they can't see shit and they're just kids so they're they're fine wherever they are Mm -hmm. so she's like they're probably going to be at that island temple that was described in like 20 pages in the previous chapters and she's like nobody went to go look out for them in the island temple they probably all just went down the driveway so i'm going to go look for them there yeah she starts heading that way and while she's heading that way she hears like she thinks she hears like a shout and like a flashing light out of it by the woods like out of the corner of her eyes 
and she kind of like starts heading that way but she can't hear anything and she like stops and tries to like strain to hear but she doesn't hear anything so she heads back towards the house and she sees the french windows that her mom had opened earlier and she sees her mother just laying on the couch kind of just hanging out and so she's like well let me go see what she's doing without her seeing me and so she's like admire kind of admiring her mother and she's just like she's so sweet and kind and i just want to hug her and da, da, da. and then she says that she's fucking old at 46 she's like i don't i forget what the descriptor is but she's just like basically she's an old bat at 46 well and, and she makes it about herself too she's like and yeah. when she dies like i'm gonna look so you know mournful and everyone's yeah. gonna notice how like sad i am yeah they're gonna watch me and my sister and my brother mourning mm. my mother it's like what the fuck bitch you crazy bitch so she comes out of her fantasy and while she's walking away her shoulder slams into the french window which like slams it shut and she's like well fuck i don't want to explain what i was doing just kind of spying on my mom so she takes the fuck off mm-hmm. and she ends up at the front of the house and she's kind of scared to like go down to the bridge down the bridge to the temple because it's so dark and she doesn't have a flashlight and she keeps thinking like oh Robbie's got to be hiding somewhere he could be hiding by that tree and like I can't see because I don't have a flashlight but she's like but I'm an adult like I can handle this so she heads down that way anyway and then she says she's like oh I heard a fucking duck and it sounded like it could have been human but it's obviously a duck it's just a normal sound that like what I've been hearing I'm just freaking myself out Mm -hmm. and she gets closer to the temple and she kind of sees like this bush and she's like why is the bush moving it's like breaking apart and she notices that it's instead it's a person getting up and kind of backing away from her but she can't see who it is she just sees a figure in the dark and she notices or she yeah she notices another person on the ground start sitting up and she's like what the fuck and i thought it was robbie and cecilia fucking like on the ground (laughs) I was like, that's obviously what the fuck it is. No, I felt like it was sinister because she was like the way that the shadow was moving back. It was like creepy looking. Yeah. I thought it was Celia and Robbie fucking and Robbie mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to fucking deal with this shit again. So he took off. But she hears her name and it turns out that it's Lola. And she said that immediately she was like disgusted and scared of the situation. And the other figure was like taking off. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know who that was. Da, da, da. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she goes to Lola. She tries to comfort her, who's kind of like in the fetal position. She's like rocking herself. So she's obviously in distress. And Bryony's trying to like put her arms around her and make sure that she's okay. And she's kind of just like, <clears throat> she kind of sounds like she's crying a little bit. She has like mucus in her throat. And she's just like, I'm sorry. Like I did it. Like, I'm sorry. And I was like, okay, well, if it wasn't Robin Cecilia, maybe it was Lola and Paul Marshall fucking and Lola scared because she got caught. Mm-hmm. And so Bryony was like, well, who was it? And she's like, I, I saw him. And Lola, all she says is just like, yes. Like, she doesn't say who it was. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say anything. She just says yes. She was just like, it was him, wasn't it? And I was like, I'm guessing she's assuming that it was Robbie. And yeah. Lola just kind of says like, yeah, it was him. 
but she doesn't say that it's Robbie. She's just like, it was him, wasn't it? Because they were talking about Robbie earlier. So she just keeps asking her who it was. And she wanted her to say that it was Robbie because she wanted to quote, like seal the crime right in her fucking story or whatever. And when she doesn't say anything, she's like, it was Robbie, wasn't it? And she's just like, it was Robbie. Like she didn't wait for her to say anything. She just immediately just decides it was Robbie. And she's like, Lola just says like, you saw him. And Bryony started going off saying how she had any, like Lola didn't even know what happened to the library. And that if she, um, that if Bryony hadn't gone in to break up the salt or whatever, that who knows what could have happened. Like, oh my. Well, and then even Lola is like, I don't know. Like he (laughs) came up behind me. I don't know who it was. So you're telling me it's probably like you saw him. Yeah. And at first, like, right, fucking Bryony's like, well, yeah, I mean, I saw yeah. him, but but she fucking didn't. She didn't yeah. say shit. She didn't. She didn't know who it was. She uh, she said it a lot. She's like, I just saw a dark figure, like, before she even gets there. And then all of a sudden, she's just like, I like, of course I saw him, like, and Lola's just like, you actually saw him? Like, you know who it was? And she's just like, yeah, of course. It's like, I, plain as day. It was obviously him. But <sighs> She's just attributing it to her fucking drama that's going on in her head. This is all fucking made up in her fucking head. And she's just like, yeah. And Lola's, yeah, Lola tells her he came up behind her. He knocked her to the ground, covered her eyes. So she couldn't fucking see. She couldn't fucking hear. She said she thought it might've been Robbie because of his voice, but he didn't actually say anything. He was just making noises. Then Bryony kind of does like this, um, what's the opposite of foreshadowing? because she just basically tells us like what's gonna happen upcoming yeah this whole fucking charade of a story that Bryony's starting and how she's gonna tell everybody and Lola doesn't need to say anything because Bryony is going to say it for her and and Lola Mm -hmm. can just be the victim and Bryony's gonna make sure that justice is served basically and it seems like in this little part it seems like they're gonna tell the authorities and she decides that she doesn't want to explain that she less saw Robbie and she more so knew it was Robbie but she didn't want the case to be withdrawn so when she figured out when she saw that they were kind of veering away from Robbie as like a suspect she would bring them back in and say like oh no I knew it was him like I saw him I knew yeah she would change her fucking testimony Mm -hmm. so then like back in the present Lola is trying to tell her like it might not have been him because he's such a close friend of the family but Bryony is just like well this is what I saw in the library he was assaulting my sister and she picks her up and takes her to the slope and then once they get to the slope Lola's like I can't go back like I I don't want to go back up there and she starts crying but Leon comes and like picks her up and like he sees that she's crying she's in distress so he picks her up and like takes her back to the house like immediately he doesn't ask what's going on and then while he's taking her um Bryony and Cecilia Cecilia's like trying to say something but nobody's listening to her and Bryony once she gets catches up to Leon she just like immediately starts spewing off what she saw about how she saw Robbie fucking assaulting her da 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 whatever and that's the end of that chapter yeah well okay let me ask you (laughs) you and I both think it's Paul Marshall right 100% yeah so if he snuck up, if, let's say it is Pearl Marshall. Mm-hmm. If he snuck up behind her and like hit her eyes, do you think he tried to do the same thing with the whole scratching thing? 
Probably, yeah. Because, okay, well, let's say he, like, covered her eyes and shit and she was, like, scratching in the house, right? Or she thought she was being attacked. Yeah. Wouldn't she know, like, oh, I definitely scratched them and he's the only person with a fucking, like, scratch on his face and shit? How do you not well, put two and two fucking together? Maybe she thought, here's, so here's what's confusing me is that maybe she thought, she she obviously had to have known that it was Paul that was fucking with her because whenever Bryony brought up the letter to Lola, Lola was more like intrigued with the drama of it as opposed to being like, oh my God, like fuck, like that. What if that's what he was trying to do to me as opposed to being like scared and telling Bryony like, oh, well, this actually wasn't my brother. Like this was some, like I was attacked or whatever. So like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a weird mentality of like, she's just so freaked out by what just happened and she's feeding into the bullshit that Bryony has been feeding her of like, this was obviously Robbie. Robbie assaulted my sister. Now he's assaulting you. And she's just in shock and doesn't know what to say. So she's like, it probably was Robbie because she was just like, like didn't know what the fuck was going on. She's she's a victim of assault. So maybe she didn't realize I don't know I think maybe she knew that it was Paul Marshall fucking that fucked with her the first time and she didn't want to say because he probably pulled some shit of like you fucking say anything like nobody's gonna fucking believe you you don't have any parents whatever because he knew about them maybe he had something on her parents because like see there's also a thing too in the chapter what is it 10 when Bryony goes upstairs to like talk about how she read the letter or whatever and lola mm-hmm. comes in there's a part where when lola's crying <clears throat> briny like reaches in her drawer and pulls out like a cowgirl handkerchief handkerchief and like gives it to lola and when lola sees it she starts like howling like crying like yeah. she gets more upset i'm thinking it's because she knew like parma part well, why can't i fucking say his name paul marshall did something to her mm-hmm. and i took it as like she's seeing how innocent Bryony is and she's like no longer has that innocence yeah so she's like upset because now like she's been pushed into this weird adulthood by being like sexually assaulted yeah because I think I think for sure she was sexually assaulted by him before any of that happened and like he was trying to come back to like finish what he had started right so then why the fuck would you be like yeah it's Robbie Maybe she's thinking that like everybody there is just fucking crazy because she's making it. I mean, not to be like whatever, but she could be thinking like, this is all about me and I'm I'm the only older girl here and like all these weird men in this country or this city that I'm not used to are just like trying to attack me and like what a fucking shitty place. Like, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> or yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he like threatened her and he was like, you tell anybody it's me i'll fucking kill you and your brothers or whatever so she was like you know what it was robbie yeah that's that's fucking crazy yeah and maybe she's trying to like warn her like it probably wasn't robbie because he's such a close family friend but like Mm -hmm. maybe it was because the clues together bitch yeah yeah, which she fucking doesn't because briny's so dead set on she's always right and everything she knows is is fucking right because she's the only one that actually sees everything for some reason right so okay so we go into chapter 14 Bryony's talking about how after she told the police 
it was just like an endless cycle of interrogation. Mm-hmm. And she kind of is upset. She's like, I'm telling them, I'm telling them exactly what they need to know, but they yeah. keep questioning me. And I don't like that. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, bitch, that's <laughs> what they're supposed to do. They can't take your word as fucking law. Yeah. But in her mind, she's like, I'm giving you the story. I'm telling you who's the fucking at fault. Why and don't you believe me? believe me? Yeah. Yeah. As adult as she wants to be, she's tired of the interrogations and she's like, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I need to go. I need to go to sleep. So Emily is like, we're, that's enough. Like we're done yeah. here. Like I need to get her to bed. It's like fucking. We're done. We're oh, done. we're done. <laughs> so she talks about how, I guess like the doctor came to check on Lola mm-hmm. and they like drugged her up. So she couldn't really like give her account of the story because she's all fucking doped up in bed. So mm-hmm. Bryony's like, I'm her voice. I'm going to tell her story for her to these cops. I'm going to make sure Robbie's behind bars forever. She goes to, she, after all that, she ends up going to bed and I guess her mom like is trying to comfort her and she just kind of like loses it. And she like starts crying in bed. She's like, I just don't understand why they don't believe me. Oh my God. Because you're a fucking idiot. That's why. Paul Marshall finally comes back in after searching for the twins. And they're in the drawing room. And he's like, what's going on? Because now he sees all the police officers and he's kind of freaking out. But he never loses his cool. Like, he always keeps it chill. So he's like, whoa, what's going on here? And they let him know, you know, what's happening. And he was like, wow, like, I never expected that from Robbie. Like, I couldn't believe that. Psycho. Yeah. And Cecilia is losing it. She's like chain smoking. She's walking back and forth. I kind of got the vibe from the beginning that she didn't believe it. Oh, yeah. She knows how her sister is. And she knew that she would be upset after reading the letter and finding them in the library. Like, she already knows. Mm -hmm. But it's like her word against hers because she's claiming that she saw him attack Lola. Yeah. So Cecilia's freaking out. She's like chain smoking. She's pacing. She's walking around. Robbie has yet to like come back. Yeah. So they're like, maybe it was him. Maybe he took off. Like who fucking knows? And um, as they're talking, they're... (laughs) Bryony thinks it's going to be a good idea that she run up to Cecilia's room and that she find the letter that Robbie wrote her and brings it all the way back down and just hands it to the cop and sits next to her mom and is like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, justice will be served now. So the cop reads it. He's shocked. He hands it to Emily she reads it she's shocked pretty much everybody in the room gets a go around at this fucking letter before cecilia realizes what's happening which is totally not okay (laughs) right so then cecilia comes up and she's like that's none of your fucking business like you don't need to be reading that that has nothing to do with this yeah and essentially they're like oh well it does it does have something to do with this so we're gonna keep it and blah 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 and she looks at briny and Bryony's like pleased with herself she's like I did the right thing I Uh gave her the letter whatever and she's just Cecilia's pissed so hours go by and they're still waiting um they're still questioning Bryony she's like yes I saw him with my own eyes I saw it so like like you said now her story's changed from like 
oh, it was probably Robbie to now it's like, I saw the whole thing and it yeah. happened and it was him. I know it was him. I know I saw him. Yeah. So then they start thinking, well, maybe it could be Hardman's son, Danny, because Danny is also obsessed with They're trying to like list different suspects to try to. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of the author's way too, to be like, oh, you forgot about this person. Remember I said he was interested in her or whatever, but Danny has an alibi that he was with his father all night and there was no way that he could have committed the assault. Right when they're talking about that, Bryony looks outside and she can see like a figure walking up because by now it's dawn. And so the sun's out, the fog's coming through. And as they get closer, they all go outside and it's Robbie. And what does Robbie have? Both fucking twins. Yeah. How could he have spent all that time like assaulting somebody and then also finding the twins? Like, I feel like they didn't take enough time to actually talk to him. Right. And Briny throws like a fucking tantrum. She's like, how dare he? How dare he be the villain, but then go look like a fucking good Samaritan and find Mm -hmm. the missing boys? Like, how dare he? She's like taking it as like a spit in the face. Yeah. And it's like, bitch, this is not fucking about you. This has absolutely nothing to do with you. She's like, I spent all this time telling the police like how, how bad of a man he was only for him to be like the good guy and show up. With the and nobody's friends. gonna fucking believe me of all my shit da, da, da. yeah so he comes up and he's like all happy that he has the twins right like one's asleep and then he's holding the hands of the other one yeah and but he looks at the police and his face just kind of like drops because they're all staring at him yeah. and none of them are like happy that he found the twins emily meets robbie she grabs the twins i think with betty or i think and she doesn't say a fucking word. She just looks at him and turns around, like turns her back towards him yeah. and walks back to the house. And the policemen go up to Robbie and, you know, they're telling him like, we need to take you to the station. We got to talk to you. They put handcuffs on him and Cecilia runs past everybody and her mother freaks out, right? She's like, Cecilia, come back. Don't go over there. But Cecilia goes up and like whispers something to him mm. and they kind of hug and the police like let them hug. And then they're like, uh, okay, that's enough. And they, they push him in the car and Bryony's pissed. She's like, yeah. I cannot believe after all that he's done to our family, she's going to like go up to him and like still be nice to him and hug him and care for him. But like, you don't actually know what the fuck happened. Exactly. So as they're escorting him down, the drive his mother runs out and i guess she she, i think she caught wind from maybe like hardman or something Mm -hmm. and she just starts fucking berating the cop she like stops in the middle of the street and the cop comes out to like move her and she's just like fucking yelling at him they push her aside they take robbie out and she sees the family all standing outside and she just starts yelling she's like liars you're liars you're liars (laughs) And that's the end of chapter 14. What a fucking, and that's the end of part one too. Right. It's good. I'm liking it. Finally. It's it's getting fucking crazy. It's yeah. It's my ass thought this book was just about like, I thought this book was going to be about like two lovers and he gets shipped off to war and you're going to hear like about the war and they're like 
long awaited love. That's what I assumed yeah. this book was going to be. No, it went fucking totally different fucking direction. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm liking it. I'm excited to see what part two goes into. Yes. Okay. Let's see what the next little bit is going to be. Okay. So we're going to read the entire section of part two. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah. I want to see justice for Robbie. That's right. Fuck Briny. I hope she gets some kind of fucking payback crazy bitch yeah thank you guys for listening as always follow us on social media uh bookfriendspod.com we have facebook instagram at bookfriendspod twitter at bookfriends underscore pod i think i don't know i don't use twitter (laughs) um we have a tiktok at bookfriendspod um yeah join us there and uh we will see you all next week Bye. Bye. Bye.